Hey, Leading Learning listener, if you represent a membership organization looking for ways to expand your online course catalog rapidly with high quality content, we have good news. At leadinglearning.com AMA, you can find out how to make online training from the American Management Association available to your learners. Through a partnership between AMA and Tagoras, the parent company of Leading Learning, you can give your learners access to more than 70 e-learning modules covering essential business topics ranging from leading and innovating, to managing projects effectively, to working in hybrid teams. For details on how to grow your catalog with courses from a true global leader in management training, visit leadinglearning.com AMA. If you're a leader or an aspiring leader in the business of lifelong learning, you're in the right place. I'm Salisa Steele. And I'm Jeff Cobb. And this is the Leading Learning Podcast. Hello there, and welcome to episode 179 of the Leading Learning Podcast. This is one of those episodes where it's just the two of us talking, and we thought we would focus in on a topic we talk about quite a bit, mostly because we get asked about it quite a bit. That's right. We get asked a lot of questions about pricing in our line of work, so we thought it would be worth dedicating an episode to some of what we've learned about pricing over many years, in fact, uh, more than 20 years at this point, and see if we can perhaps boil down some of that uh, into tips that um, we hope you, dear listener, will be able to put to use in your learning business. Now, it's worth noting up front that this is one of those areas that tends to set learning business professionals apart from their peers in the corporate training world, you know, because traditionally in that corporate training world, there is no price charged to those participating in the training. But if you are actually selling education in a market environment, pricing becomes very, very important. And most learning business professionals understand, even if only intuitively, that the level at which they're able to price their offerings um, and still drive sales is one of the most fundamental determinants of their business success. Because basically, the higher you can price without causing a major drop in sales volume, the more revenue you're going to generate. And if you can keep your costs constant, or hey, even better, if you can reduce those costs while raising prices, the more money you're going to be able to make overall. But of course, what happens more often than not is that uh, we feel controlled by what we perceive as the possibilities for pricing in our market. And you know, while it's true that obviously the, the sky is not the limit, there are, of course, uh, uh, prices that will be higher, or we often forget lower than customers are willing to pay, it's also true that we do, in fact, have a lot more control than we think overpricing. In fact, if there's one thing we've learned over many, many years is that control is important and that we do, in fact, have more control than we often think. So based on years of consulting about pricing and on our own needs to set prices, because we do have those needs as well, um, we're going to go through our top tips for controlling your pricing rather than letting your pricing control you. So tip number one is be clear about your strategy. So first, and really we mean this, really first you have to focus on what you're trying to achieve. So don't think about what the competition is doing. Don't think about what you've done in the past. 
your decisions about pricing can help you achieve a range of goals. Um, For example, you might uh, be looking to greatly increase penetration in your current market, or you might be looking to enter a new market, or you might be trying to elevate your brand, or you might even be trying to impact the sales of your other products. Now, each of those goals requires a different approach to pricing. So again, you've got to be very clear about your strategy, about the goals that you're pursuing. And I think it's really important what you alluded to there. I mean, this isn't just academic stuff or nice stuff to think about. I think often we tend to nod our heads at these sort of strategy type suggestions and to say, yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, this really does have tactical implications. So, you know, just for example, if you're going for market penetration, that's probably going to be a great area for using bundling, for example, to put together products that uh, maybe somebody who's bought from you before, but doesn't have a full uh, appreciation for what you offer. Bundling some things together and putting some special price on that can help with market penetration. So could something like reward discounting. So you want to reward their loyalty um, for having purchased from you, or you want to reward somebody for purchasing a lot from you. Um, And those are two specific tactics that you would use with market penetration that you might not use if something else is your goal. If if branding is really your goal, you know, you may be going for something more like premium pricing um, rather than uh, some of the the tactics that I just mentioned. So it really does make a difference. And um, we'll be sure we have a a video uh, about the three axioms uh, of pricing. Uh, One of those axioms is that pricing is strategic. And uh, we'll be sure to link to that in the show notes for this episode, because that goes a little bit deeper into this, what are you trying to achieve? What is your strategy uh, question? Well, and I think, too, we should also emphasize the fact that that any of these approaches, whether you're looking at um, trying to get uh, deeper market penetration, whether you're looking for greater market share, whether you're looking at um, positioning and sort of that, that premium um, position, as you referenced, Jeff, all of those approaches take into account so much more than just what the product costs to, to create. Um, they really begin to take into account um, uh, the actions of, of your competition, the preferences of the uh, learners, the consumers that you're serving, um, the potential power of your brand as a learning business. Um, and in general, price um, is communication. It is about this perception and this communication. And so really keeping that full picture of what pricing entails is really important. Definitely, definitely. I think we'll come back to that point about uh, price really being about communication, price really being about perception as we go along here. Um, But this is a a good point uh, to kind of break and, um, and highlight one of our sponsors for this episode. Now, you know, deciding what you want to achieve uh, with something like pricing, with strategy in general, always comes first. But then you want to have a platform that offers the flexibility you need to pursue your strategy. That's also critical. So if you're looking for the right platform to support your strategy, be sure to check out our sponsor for this quarter, Blue Sky eLearn. Blue Sky eLearn is the creator of the PATH Learning Management System, an award-winning cloud-based learning solution that allows organizations to easily deliver, track, and monetize valuable education and event content online. Blue Sky also provides webinar and webcast services, helping you maximize your content and create deeper engagement with your audience across the world. Now, to find out more about Blue Sky eLearn and everything they offer, just visit leadinglearning.com slash blue sky. So our second 
tip around pricing is work backwards. So I think too often uh, organizations will start by looking at the cost associated with creating whatever it is that you're offering. And what we're saying is don't start there. Instead, you want to work backwards from the value that your offering will deliver. So if someone learns and applies what you're teaching, how valuable will that outcome be? Now, this may be kind of tricky to quantify, but we really encourage you to put effort into trying. So will your learners make more money through sales or through salary increases? Will they enhance their personal or professional brand? Will they save large amounts of time? You want to ask questions like these so that you can really probe to figure out all of the positive outcomes, and then you can begin to put a price tag with those outcomes. And so, you know, as part of this effort, you're definitely going to want to talk to your prospective learners, um, something we don't tend to to do enough, but uh, pays to get out there through um, interviews and surveys to find out what value they place on on the outcomes and what outcomes they have in mind. And then, you know, based on those conversations and your own thinking, um, identify ways that you could increase value, um, particularly with, you know, relatively uh, low cost moves. So you might want to, you know, emphasize uh, a particular feature that's already there, maybe de-emphasize another one. Um, Then, you know, based on the value you feel you can credibly say you deliver, Calculate a price that represents a, a high return on the investment for the learner. You know, so if a learner, for instance, is going to pay a hundred bucks to uh, uh, participate in a course, um, you know, what kind of return are they going to get off of that? And we always, just as a rule of thumb, think of uh, providing ten times return. So, you know, think of the scenario, think of the outcomes um, where if they're paying a hundred bucks for a course, they're going to get a thousand bucks worth of value out of it. Because uh, if you're starting from that position in, in your marketing and how you're communicating that course out into the uh, the marketplace and how it's going to be perceived, you're in a much stronger position doing that than if you just say, well, you know, it cost X and we're going to mark it up uh, by, by 40%. Um, you know, and, and we'll fully concede that uh, it's, it's easy for us to sit here and, and say this. Um, it's harder to do but it is certainly doable. It really is. You do your homework, you roll up your sleeves, you sharpen your pencil, you find out what those outcomes are, and you can figure out ways to assign some monetary value to those um, and, uh, and, and, and convey that in your pricing and in your communication. And if you put that kind of work in up front, you're just going to be leaps and bounds better for it over the long term because of the control that you're going to have over your pricing. So a third tip create a new category. Um, Or at least you want to do what you can to radically change your current category. So think about TED. They did this with conferences. Starbucks did it with coffee. Um, Prospective learners are going to inevitably try to put you in a box. That's just sort of human nature. They're going to want to say, oh, you're a, a conference. Oh, you're a seminar. And once they do that, then they begin to say things like, oh, things in this box cost X. So what you want to do is you don't want to let that happen. You want to put time into figuring out what is distinctive or unique about you and what you do. And then how could you reframe, rename, reconfigure, or otherwise modify your approach so that you really stand apart from the alternatives in your market. Because if you can redefine the category, then statements like, oh, well, things in this box tend to cost X no longer applies to you. Yeah, this, I mean, this is really 
powerful to do. It's pretty bold if you're able to pull it off and you can really, you can kind of set yourself into blue ocean. And we've talked about blue ocean before pricing can be a way to help you do that. Uh, you mentioned Starbucks, I often mentioned uh, Dyson and vacuum cleaners. And, uh, you know, at least when they started, Dyson was charging, you know, hundreds of dollars uh, for a, a vacuum cleaner, um, just to do what a vacuum cleaner was supposed to do in the first <laughs> place, which is suck up dirt, which apparently most of them weren't doing very well. And they put a stake in the ground on that. And you mentioned Ted as well. Um, We'll actually link to the the current uh, TED pricing in the show notes here because, you know, you you can't really think of TED as just a conference. Uh, I I don't think uh, they managed to kind of radically change that category, both in the content um, and in sort of who they were pitching it to. But pricing was a huge part of that. I mean, this year, the standard pricing on TED is 10,000 bucks. And I, if you are a listener who is charging 10000 bucks for your conference, please drop us a line at leadinglearning@tagoras.com because we do not run into many of those folks. And that, that makes a major statement. And you'll also see when you look at Ted's pricing right now that they've got ranges of pricing uh, below and above that standard mostly pricing. Mostly above. Mostly above. They're being very strategic about how they're using price for multiple objectives, really. Uh, market penetration, getting at new markets, um, their branding overall. Um, So they're they're very strategic about pricing. Great example to look at. So that's changing your category. And if you can really manage to change your category, it gives you a lot of freedom, a lot more control with pricing. Now, maybe you can't do that. uh, So we're going to talk about the the fourth one here, which is um, changing the point of reference. And so any existing category has an established, uh, basically an acceptable price range. And as a result, your learners are going to have, you know, established points of reference that they bring to any purchasing decision. So to the extent that you stay within an existing category, one of the main moves you can make is to try to influence your learner's point of reference, those, you know, reference points that they're bringing to how much they're willing to pay, for example, for a conference. And Arguably, one of the easiest ways to do this is to put what we call a magnet in your market. Yeah, and by magnet, we mean what you want to do is you want to introduce a high-value premium offering, and it's going to be priced much higher than anything else you offer. And then you want to make sure that your customers know about that high-priced offering. In fact, you want it to be one of the first things that they see, because by doing that, you get what's called an anchoring effect. So exposure to that higher priced offering helps to anchor um, a reference point at a higher level. And then that makes the price for your standard offering seem very reasonable mm-hmm. in, in comparison. And, and so, in fact, that higher priced offering helps create room for increasing even the price of your standard offering. And that's why we talk about it as a magnet can actually kind of pull up that, that, uh, that price over time. Right. It's a very, very powerful psychological effect. And, uh, again, we'll reference the three axioms of pricing video. We do give an example in there around of all things, a Philly cheesesteak, um, that you might want to check out, uh, about, uh, being used as sort of a magnet in its particular situation. Um, we will say, you know, keep in mind that the magnet does need to be in the same category uh, of the product that you're talking about. And it needs to address the same general issues as your standard offering. So, you know, you can't put something completely different or, or off the wall, like, you know, I, I don't know, lunch with your board or, or, or something in your education portfolio. Or if you do, you got to explain exactly how that falls in your education portfolio. But if, for example, you were to put in a very, you know, high price, customized, on-site, consultative training experience at the top of what we call your value ramp, you know, up above your standard conference experience or your standard 
online learning or seminar experience, uh, that can be a powerful magnet because you could potentially price that at tens of thousands of dollars, which is usually going to be well above what most people are paying uh, or charging for those other types of educational experiences. So we'll move on to our fifth tip, which is to provide options. Um, and basically here is that, you know, there's no single customer for your offerings. And so some are looking for more value, more features than others. Some are willing to pay higher prices than others. And so what you want to do is capitalize on the full potential of any giving, given offering. Um, and, and you want to provide multiple options at different prices so that you can capture as many of those customers as possible. Right. So, you know, you may, for example, offer a standard version that provides the core value that you think most customers want, um, but then also a more pared down uh, basic version that has, you know, for example, less content or no live sessions or other sorts of variations that you might find in an educational um, setting. And then you could also offer a premium version or versions um, that bundle in extra content or coaching or access to a community. You know, you get the idea. Um, and we just referenced that uh, Ted is doing this sort of thing with um, its pricing. And, um, and again, we'll link you to that. But you see it all over the place. You know, if you've ever purchased any sort of, you know, software product or software service online, or even in things like event sponsorships, you know, you always see those sort of uh, low, medium, high pricing columns, the silver, gold, platinum, you know, and they've all got a, a different mix of, of features in them. And there's usually one that's marked out as, you know, the, the best value or the, the most popular. And you see this all the time because it works. Um, and it provides people with those, those options. Um, and, and you're more likely to you know, get more customers to buy rather than just one specific slice of customers. And providing the right options is all about knowing what your customers value. And to help you get insight into that kind of data, we encourage you to check out our sponsor for this quarter, Authentic Learning Labs. Authentic Learning Labs is an education company seeking to bring complementary tech and services to empower publishers and L&D organizations to help elevate their programs. The company leverages technology like AI, data analytics, and advanced embeddable API-based services to complement existing initiatives, offering capabilities that are typically out of reach for resource-stretched groups or growing programs needing to scale. Find out more at leadinglearning.com slash authentic. Definitely do check out what Authentic Learning Labs has to offer. And now let's move on to number six in our list here, which is improve your packaging. And we'll start this off by saying that, again, pricing is perception, period. I mean, we really aren't nearly as rational as we think we are when we set out to make purchases and variables like packaging can make a huge difference. And, you know, you may be thinking, well, we don't package our educational products. You know, you don't put them in a box and put them on the shelf like you would in a grocery store. But of course, we do, not in a tangible way. But, you know, any course, any conference, um, any educational product at a minimum uh, involves some sort of a landing page or a sales page where you're basically going to present that offering out to the world and hopefully convert visitors into buyers of that experience. So, you know, at a minimum, you need to make sure that that landing page or that sales page is visually appealing, that it makes use of really effective copywriting, that it provides compelling images and social proof in the form of testimonials, um, and that it has a really crystal clear call to action. And, you know, the, the fact is, 
most sales pages that uh, we see for for courses, for conferences, for whatever else, do not have uh, those factors going for them. Um, in fact, they just usually aren't all that effective at all in terms of packaging the learning experience in a um, in a compelling way. And uh, you know, we're just sort of scratching the surface on this one. And the show notes will also link to a post that goes into more depth around what should go into a good landing page. And we'll um, link you to some examples of that. But uh, improving your landing pages or your sales pages, those two terms can really be used interchangeably. That's really one of the most immediate moves you can make to help bolster your pricing because, again, it's impacting perception. So, um, you know, improve your packaging and you're going to improve the perception. So the seventh tip we have to offer is leverage, scarcity, and urgency. And if you haven't read or haven't recently read Robert Cialdini's Influence, The Psychology of Persuasion, we really do mean it when we say drop everything, go get a copy, read it. It really is um, that powerful and that important. It gives you a great understanding of how we are influenced and therefore how we can influence others. So Jeff, you just mentioned um, social proof and, and testimonials when you're talking about landing pages uh, uh, a few seconds ago. And social proof is just one of seven uh, weapons that Cialdini covers in Influence. And Everything that he covers in that book is backed up by volumes of research conducted over decades by Cialdini and his colleagues. Um, And another one of those um, weapons is scarcity. And that goes along with its uh, companion urgency. And there's a big reason that you continually see internet marketers using phrases like limited number available or doors closed tomorrow. And the reason why is because it works. And when it comes to selling your courses um, and getting the prices that you want for your courses, scarcity and urgency are your friends. So consider, for example, not keeping enrollments open all the time. Rather, maybe you open them up periodically and then you really do close the doors at the end of those periods. Or you make some of your options available only for limited periods of time. You know, we were talking about having those those providing those options. Maybe some of those options are time limited, so there really is that sense of of urgency and scarcity. Um, or you can truly limit the number of seats that you're going to sell. Um, you know, particularly for any offering that has um, a live or a live component to it, then that makes sense that there's going to be limited seating available. So again, those are just some uh, ideas to get you thinking. You can apply this to your specific offerings and begin to think about how can you use scarcity and urgency to drive sales and possibly even help you raise prices. Definitely, and you know, and. Take advantage of uh, all those tools of influence in, in, in general. Um, we do actually have an interview with uh, Robert Cialdini. We were fortunate to have him on Leading Learning, so we'll be sure that um, we link to that in the show notes as well. And in addition to reading the book, definitely make sure that you listen in to that interview. So that was seven, leverage scarcity and urgency. Number eight is going to be make discounts count. And we'll say that, you know, as a rule, we're not big fans uh, of discounting, um, even used sparingly. We feel like they tend to devalue your offerings and uh, and used frequently, they can turn your offerings really into a commodity, uh, which we see happen particularly in competitive 
markets out there. So if you are going to use discounts, our bias is to use them to reward your loyal customers occasionally rather than as a tactic to attract new customers. And this goes back to um, you know, being clear about what you're trying to achieve and the, um, you know, the combinations of strategies and tactics that work there. Also, make sure you discount enough for it to matter if you are going to discount. So, you know, generally speaking, if you drop or raise your prices less than 20% from the, the reference point that uh, uh, any given uh, customer has, most prospective customers aren't going to notice that or, or won't uh, care if they do. I mean, this does vary. Uh, depends on, on the product. If it's something very high priced, then, you know, 10 to 20% off a very high price product may be enough to move the dial. But in general, there's this sort of zone of indifference uh, around um, price points. So if you're going to discount and you want the discount to actually have an impact and the impact you're usually looking for is increased volume, you have to discount enough um, to, to drive people to that higher volume or else you're just going to be eroding your margins. And keep in mind that the anchoring principle that we talked about um, when we were talking about changing the reference point, that works with discounts. So um, you may, for example, determine that your target price for a particular offering is X, but then you might publish a price significantly higher than X and then offer X as the discounted price. So this tends to work best if you're only going to run a product for a limited time, like maybe an annual event, for example, or if you very rarely have returning customers for the product. And so now we'll move on to our penultimate uh, tip, number nine, which is to keep a just testing mindset. So pricing is definitely not usually a set it and forget it part of your business. You're going to need to try out multiple price points for given offerings, um, at least initially while you're trying to settle on that you know, quote, right price, but then also over time. And so most of the tactics that we've discussed um, will result in you making some adjustments to your prices as well, especially if you didn't start out thinking about them um, from a very strategic point of view. This is going to send you back and be revisiting a lot. And as part of this just testing mindset, you need to be prepared to run pilots to help you test out pricing. Um, so you need to actually go out there, see what kind of um, results you get from the market. You need to also do things like try to pre-sell your offerings whenever possible. That is, you're actually going to take payment from um, would-be learners, um, and maybe that's by example, for, for offering some sort of special bonus content um, that they get uh, kind of now and then with the promise of um, you know, producing um, the actual uh, product for them and they get access to that a little bit further down the line. Um, so that's one way, that idea of pre-selling, um, that's a very effective way to ensure that you actually have an audience that will pay at a viable price point. And if you want to take things a step further, you can try using a technique uh, like the Van Westendorp price sensitivity meter to home in on the right price for your product. And this is a very specific way of surveying your audience to find really the, the viable price range that might work for a particular product. Um, we're not going to go into detail and, and 
in this uh, podcast on that because I could take up a, a whole podcast itself. And in fact, we have done an entire webinar on using uh, Van Westendorp as a way to go out and test uh, your pricing and get that price range. We actually used it as how we set the initial pricing for our uh, annual learning technology design virtual conference. Um, if that's something you're interested in, if you'd like a detailed walk of how to use Van Westendorp to set uh, pricing, um, we'd be happy to give you access to that webinar that um, that we did on it, um, where we really walk through our using it um, as a case study um, for our LTD uh, annual virtual conference. Just send us an email at leadinglearning@tagoras.com, and we'll be happy to share that with you. And that brings us now to... Number 10 in our tips for how to price your educational products. And this last one is just raise your prices already. And we've put this last, uh, but to be honest, most learning businesses could probably start right here. Uh, if you remember um, earlier, we were talking about uh, reference prices and discounting and noted that most people won't notice or feel much impact if you drop a price by 10 to 20%. We were saying that with discounting. Well, the flip side is true for raising prices. In most cases, you're going to be able to raise prices 10 to 20% without most people either noticing or even if they do um, uh, caring uh, that much. Um, and it's going to have little, if any, impact on your sales volume. So you're not going to sell any less uh, as a result of doing that. But when you adjust price like that, what it does impact is your margin. So in other words, you know, raise your prices and you will, in most cases, automatically make more money. Um, which just tells you how powerful uh, pricing is. And this certainly goes um, for existing products, but uh, it goes for new products too. You know, whatever price you're considering for your product, I'd encourage you to go ahead and raise it 10 to 20% over whatever it is you thought you were going to go out to market with, because chances are you're pricing it too low out of the gate. And of course, again, as Salisa was saying, you're always going to want to test and adjust. So those are the 10 tips we have to offer about pricing. First, be clear about your strategy. Second, work backwards. So really take that value viewpoint. What value are you delivering? And work back um, towards a price that is commensurate with that value. Um, third, create a new category whenever you can so that people don't put you in a set box. Uh, number four, change the point of reference. So if you can't completely get into uh, your own box, um, you can at least make sure that um, they have a, a point of reference that makes you look like a good, valuable um, option. Five is to provide options. So again, what can you kind of strip away to provide um, uh, one flavor of your offering? What can you add to it to provide another flavor so that you can capture um, as many uh, learners and customers as possible? Six is improve your packaging. So really focus on those landing pages, making sure that they're telling a good story about the value your learning delivers. Seventh is to leverage things like scarcity and urgency. So again, go out and check out Robert Cialdini's influence if you haven't already. Eighth is to make discounts count. So they have to be substantial enough if you're going to make them. Uh, nine is keep a just testing mindset. So don't just set your pricing and, and forget it. Um, know that you're going to have to go out to the market, see what kind of response you get, and that you're going to need to adjust over time. And then 10th, um, as Jeff was just talking about, 
go ahead and just try raising your prices. That will get you uh, started on the right road and will give you time to play around with some of the other more involved tactics. So those are our our 10 tips or lessons based, uh, again, on more than 20 years at this point being involved in the market for educational products. So hopefully you've uh, heard a thing or two in there that's going to be helpful to you and your learning business. And of course, as with most things like this, um, we encourage you not to try to go out and implement all 10 of these at once, but uh, but pick one or two that um, seem to most resonate with where you are with your pricing and your learning business and apply them and see what kind of results you get. And we'd love to hear from you, whatever those results are. Uh, please definitely, you can uh, comment in the show notes to this episode at uh, leadinglearning.com slash episode 179, uh, or you can send us an email at leadinglearning at tagoras.com. But we'll wrap up this episode now. Again, to get those show notes for this episode, just go to leadinglearning.com slash episode 179. And when you check out the show notes, you're going to see various options for subscribing to the podcast. And if you're getting value out of what you hear, we would be truly grateful if you would subscribe as we like to get that data on the impact of what we're doing. And we'd also be grateful if you take just a minute to give us a rating on iTunes or whatever service you use to listen to Leading Learning. If it does happen to be iTunes, all you have to do is go to leadinglearning.com slash iTunes, and that'll put you in the right place. And Salise and I personally appreciate your rating and review, but more importantly, those reviews and ratings play an important role in helping the podcast to show up whenever people go searching for relevant content about the business of lifelong learning. And we encourage you to visit our sponsors for this quarter. Find out more about Authentic Learning Labs at leadinglearning.com slash authentic. And find out what Blue Sky eLearn has to offer at leadinglearning.com slash blue sky. Finally, consider telling others about the podcast. You can send a tweet by going to leadinglearning.com slash share. You can also like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash learning and share us with others there. However you do it, please do help share the good word about leading learning. Thanks again and see you next time on the Leading Learning Podcast.